Hi, this is Nathan. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And this week we are joined by returning guest, True Huber. Hey! Hey! <laughs> He's back again, and what a shock! We're talking about another Bernard episode. Yeah. Um, specifically episode one thirty, Bernard and Joseph, part one. Joseph? Joseph. 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 I don't know why I said Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. Uh, maybe that's how they say it in the episode because I feel like there is some discrepancies I... in how Bernard says it. There's Ru- discrepancies on Potiphar. Yeah, that's the, fair. The Russian Joseph. 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 <laughs> Yossif. Yossif. Uh, uh, what do we do on this podcast again? I don't know. <laughs> well, so, like, so typically for guests, we do a, hey, Drew, what's your relationship with Odyssey? Oh, yeah. But he's already been on, so I don't know. And you, you wanna, know you it's not just, that great. You got to select this episode. So why, why'd you choose this episode, Drew? I did. Um. So I really like the Old Testament, and I also found that the... Bernard episodes were ones that I felt that I could talk more on. Uh, I'm not super equipped to break down the throes of an Odyssey episode in terms of their you know, character development or anything of that nature, so I opted instead for something that wasn't quite as Odyssey-heavy uh, <laughs> and was a little bit more Bible-heavy uh, because I have now graduated from Bible college. Not that I am a scholar by any means, Um but I... You have a Bible degree. I do have a Bible degree. Um, and what's your what's your bachelor's in? Uh, my bachelor's is in pastoral men and biblical studies. Yeah, and then you have a minor in Bible. I No, I actually ha- I dual major. Oh, you dual major. So it's pastoral men and Bible. Okay. Um, I have a degree in Bible uh, and pastoral men. And so... Uh, and I ha- I really enjoy the Old Testament, um, specifically the Septuagint, which is the Greek Old Testament, uh, which... Um, you know, it was good enough for Augustine, so it's good enough for me. Um, but I do, I do want to preface this with: I'm not some crazy Old Testament scholar. I don't really know Hebrew, so you know, not any more than my Bible software does. So, uh, shout out to Logos or possibly Logos. Depends on if you're saying it in the Greek way. Oh. Um, <laughs> But either way, uh, yeah, I, I picked this episode um, because I, I was looking through them, and uh, this one was kind of interesting to me. One, because it was a two-parter, and there's not that many chapters uh, that yeah. talk about Joseph. So I was interested because the last one I did was Job, which has <laughs> it's an entire book. book. So many chapters. <laughs> and it's not a and short it's, book. And it's a, one, it's a one-parter. Uh, and so I was like, all right, so I wonder what they did to kind of fill the space here, because I could read through this whole story in five minutes, uh, and they <laughs> are spending roughly an hour on it. What a so. flex. Like 45 minutes, yeah. I, I mean, how how many chapters of of the Old Testament is it? Did, have you done it's, the reading? Uh, I believe it was three, because okay. there's 37, 39. Three chapters in five minutes. And three. Four. Yeah, he went to Bible college. That's fair. One, That's fair. No, Me, as wait, somebody who goes on. to Bible Sorry, college, Sorry, I apologize. There's more. Four, five. I can listen to it in five minutes if I listen to it at like four times speed and I try not to pay attention. It's like seven or eight chapters. Oh. I could not read it in five minutes. I could read this episode's worth in five minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. This episode talks about... Yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh-huh. But, um, yes, what they've decided to talk about 
is a lot smaller than in the Job episode. Um, and so I was curious how they kind of broke it down and what they were trying to get out of it. Because as we remember from the Bernard and Jode episode, the uh, moral of the story, if you will, um, was not great. And so yeah. I was curious if they did any better episode. with those. <laughs> you haven't. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So this is, to set things up, this is the first Bernard and episode wow it is the fifth episode with bernard in it wow um it first aired october 27th of 1990 um it was track eight on album nine so this is very early odyssey it's episode 130 uh which is two episodes after a uh one bad apple Mm -hmm. um just for context within our show um so we are talking like old odyssey and like the last one we did was like 399 or something like it was a much more recent episode and it shows yeah um (laughs) when like 15 years have passed between between your episodes yeah that might be that's that's definitely the wrong number uh eight i think eight years have passed between the two (laughs) regardless um oh it was written and directed by phil lawler who we unequivocally love Yep. Um, all the time. All the time. Phil Waller is good. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, and then, well, and then, so, as it's a, um, as it's, like, in those first three years of Odyssey, it is um, just filled with, like, regulars making out the cast. So mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, um, it, well, in addition to, you know, bernard and the kid Artie. within the actual story bernard's telling we have um hal smith voicing jacob we have phil waller voicing reuben bob hoose as simeon will ryan as judah um jim custer as joseph who was the uh voice of like young adult wit this is like your college age military wit um jim custer's that voice so he's doing joseph in this episode Bob Luttrell is doing Potiphar, and Alt, who is Ann Jacobs um, in the show, is doing Potiphar's wife. So it's just, like, a lot of, like, Odyssey staples to uh, kind of round out the cast, which is pretty typical for this early era of Odyssey. Yeah, uh, I was actually... One of the things that we'll talk about as we go through here is I have some some questions about why certain people use specific voices for oh yeah yeah i am with you okay good we'll talk about that later but i man got some questions yeah it's it's a it's a bit much um so i've got a promo for this episode hey and a different one for next episode let's see how odyssey pitched this episode to listeners please Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Artie has a problem living in a large family. I love my brothers and sisters, Mr. Walton. Sometimes they can be a big pain. So Bernard Walton tells him the story of one of the Old Testament's most beloved characters. I know a kid that had 12. 12? Find out who this character is on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Artie Powell is having trouble living. 
with a family. Like it's, it's wow. The gap that they give there. Is there like a dot 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 or something there? Is that intentional? <laughs> I, I think two, that they just out. decided to take a breath at that point. Um, this is we should we should point out this is the first Artie Powell episode. I don't even know. He who does that is. become like he's in like five others. Oh, cool. Like he's not much of a character. Kyle yeah. Fisk is the voice actor, and this is the only ro- role he's had on the show. Um, but yeah, uh, the conceit of this episode is that Artie has a lot of siblings. Bernard also had a lot of siblings. And so he decides to tell Artie, Hey man, you don't have it that bad. Let me tell you about Joseph and his siblings. Yeah. Which is what he's doing. He did the same thing with Job. Where yeah. it was like, yep. You had it bad, but they had, it. I literally wrote. <laughs> I literally wrote, so I have in my notes, premise, is this just Job part one? And then I wrote, there's a kid in a large family. Bernard was in a large family. So he knows everyone's names because he doesn't want them to feel bad. The whole story is that it isn't as bad to be in a large family as it was for Joseph. So deal with it and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? How does this pertain to anything? This isn't beneficial. This isn't... Yeah, well, the mind-blowing <laughs> context that that angle that 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 take provides to this biblical story. Oh but, but more important, do you hate than... your family? At least they didn't sell you. Right. That is. <laughs> yep. The the thing to start this off though that's even more insane than that is that Chris tells a riddle. Yep. Oh oh oh, buddy. <laughs> hey, let me tell you a riddle. What do these? Five random things have in common. This episode. (laughs) But it's like it's like ten things. Like she is talking for so long, just rattling stuff up, and it's like, what kid is sitting there going, huh? So like those two things would be this, but with a third, it's gotta be no wait, there's more? Oh shoot, how can we fit all this together? Oh, it must be a and it and it like alternates between it's like twelve brothers, a boy named Artie. A multicolored coat, window washing. <laughs> like it's alternating back and forth between the two worlds, yeah, and it's yeah. so like any any six year old's not going to be able to put together, you know, what twelve brothers and you know a boy named Artie have. Okay, so maybe he's a boy with twelve brothers, and it's yeah. like window washing. <laughs> like this yeah. is not even a riddle. You're just listing random things. Yeah. At the same time, what the intro did do was get me so hyped for this era of Odyssey. Oh, yeah, totally. Because we've been talking about, like, much more modern stuff recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Good this is fashion. what it used to be. Well, that promo music, man, that background is so nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, it, like, uh that, that is a soundbite that they use pretty regularly in old Odyssey when it's, like, kind of a pleasant, like, narration of scene transition. Like, they use it in... Uh, the Barclays summer vacation episode, a bunch of like, oh, we're on vacation, and then this happened, and then the music's playing in the background. Like, they they use it a lot in storytelling, and uh, to hear it again, like, I haven't heard that in years. That, yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia. <laughs> Out of well, nowhere. So it's one other Saturday thing morning. to set to set the scene here, which is, it's an episode... Right, like, the setup of this episode is that it's about, like, yeah, you could have it worse. The, and maybe, maybe part two, which I have not listened to yet, Mm -hmm. will bring this around in a different way, but 
According to the AIO Wiki, via the albums themselves, the theme of this episode is God's sovereignty. What? Which is it's a good theme to pull from Joseph. Absolutely. I, and oh not a theme that seems at all addressed, at least in part one. <laughs> I literally, I literally wrote near the end, like, uh, da, 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 da. God's providence is relatively unshown in this one, <laughs> and it really should be. Like, yeah, that's yeah. literally a note that I had. Like, this, this is, okay, starting. One of my opening thoughts is that this should not be a two-part episode. <laughs> Joseph is not a two-part story. Like... And if you're going to make it a two-part story, save the moral until the second one. Because what happens is you, you're you left without a moral of the story at the first one because it just leaves with him in prison. Like, well, so I guess you got it better than him. Ho, ho, ho. Like, th- there is no moral at this. Right. The moral of the story is at the end. Right. Yeah. And the... Yeah. So and you're... Chris does tell them at the end to, like, you know, if you want to know what happens, read it and stuff. And a note that I have is... This episode made me frustrated in certain ways as far as, like, the... They did this in the Job episode, too, where it's like, they talk like they're reading scripture, but it's not all scripture. A majority of it's not. Like, 98% of what they said was not... There's so so little... And we'll get into this when they actually start talking, but there's so little actual conversation in the book of Genesis. Like, 98% of this is entirely speculation on what they think they would probably be thinking or saying like well and it's a kid's show absolutely and they have to narrate it and there's not enough dialogue in here for them to just go off of that right bernard sets up the story of being like joseph had 11 brothers and one sister and he was 17 and i'm like i i don't remember that part of the story yeah well, he is 17. Is that is that actually there? Yeah, so in 37-2, there are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. Now he was a helper with the sons of Billa. Joseph brought back a bad report of them to their father. That's yep. all in okay. verse 2. All right, maybe I should... Well, no, this, this is why we have Drew on. Sure. I don't have to reread scripture to wow. talk about Odyssey. that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I felt like Bernard's little like snippiness at the beginning was kind of like rude like the kid walked in and he's like so is joseph as old or am i as old as joseph was or he's like well, are you 17 <laughs> no well then yeah. you weren't the same age like come on dude he's no, just no. asking bernard is a, is the best but he roasts everybody and <laughs> i just like such a savage yeah he does but not, not necessarily him. in a great way i no, don't no, know no, no. Well, the episode begins with him getting presumably run over. So he's cleaning the door and then Artie walks in. And the sound that Bernard makes, I can only describe as like, you know, like when people say like, oh, I didn't mean to like let the air out of your balloon. Like if that was a noise that humans could make, that was the noise that he made. It was like, oh, <laughs> ooh. it's fair. Like it was so much heavy on the exhale and I was, and they completely brush by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's probably... Well, I hope he doesn't yell at the child for accidentally <laughs> running into him, but... Yeah. I, I will I, also say, this one makes it very clear that he's a window washer. Bernard and Job did not do that. This mm-hmm. time, I understood that he was a window and washer. And the squeegee sound, for continuity's sake, still sound terrible. Honest to God, thought it was my chair. <laughs> <laughs> my chair needs WD-40 really bad, so anytime I lean back, it makes mm-hmm. a really loud... 
sound. Yeah. And so like I was kind of moving back and forth a little bit and it happened every time I leaned forward, which normally didn't make a sound. So like, God, my chair's getting worse. And then I stopped and it still kept happening. I had like a like, what the heck is going on? And I was like, oh, he's washing windows. He complains about his squeegee. I get it. To, to further set up uh, the weird antagonism between Bernard and Artie, uh, Artie doesn't know what a sheep is. Yeah. Oh, and he just wrecks Big him. white things that go bad. <laughs> oh right. my gosh. Which is And like, he keeps complaining about kids these days not knowing things. I and know. it's like, if they would, Okay. Yeah. And I, I get it. This is 1990. This is, you know, what? 30 years almost before Venmo for Livestock? Yeah. But like, like, he should know what a sheep is. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And I will say... This is a prime example of why Venmo for Livestock didn't exist in the Old Testament. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I have a note that there ain't no Venmo for sheep. So oh, yeah, man. it's it would have been very problematic. But you know, it's it's a solid form of currency. Like you know, we've currency. seen currency. We've seen wow. you know Bitcoin go down, and obviously the economy's not doing great. But I feel like the value of livestock is still pretty consistent. It's, it's actually increased. Ironically. Yeah? Is that the... Uh... My grandpa was complaining about it. <laughs> so, anything else you want to say, you want to set up before we get into Bernard actually telling the story? I I don't know. I just... The way that Bernard is just makes me uncomfortable. Um, I'm so oh, curious that you nice have... He's nice and curmudgeonly. Yeah, Drew and I are very good friends in real life. I Bernard's like Andrew's that. favorite character. And Bernard is like... Maybe the love of my life. <laughs> it's not. It's not that I don't. Okay, the energy that he creates, uh, or to put it in a meme, I'm very uncomfortable with the energy that we've created in the studio today. Yes, yes. Because it's not like he's ragging on people who can do anything back. Like he rags on kids. Mm-hmm. At least in the. I again, yes. I've listened to two episodes <laughs> with Bernard. The one on Job. And this one, well, I've listened to the second one, too. Okay. Um, he does roast himself later, which is nice. But, like, he's absolutely saucing on these young kids. <laughs> and, yeah. like, they, they can't do anything about it. Yeah, like, maybe, yeah. a six-year-old isn't going to have a sick roast back. Yeah, like, let's just say. be honest. I feel bad using the word no cap, but Bernard, <laughs> Bernard Walton, custodian, no cap. No cap. Yeah. So, I, like, washer. it's not necessarily that I don't like... Like, I think he's funny. <laughs> I just... It makes me uncomfortable that he's doing it to kids. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, Speaking man, of I things that make me uncomfortable... Let's not take that phrase out of context. Continue forth. Speaking of things that make me uncomfortable, Hal Smith doing a vaguely Middle Eastern accent as Jacob. Yeah. I literally wrote... <laughs> Why is Jacob Uncle Iroh? Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of Uncle... Like, ah, hello. Like, <laughs> you're not from the Fire Nation. Yeah. You aren't actually Middle Eastern, and we can tell. And no one else is doing a Middle Eastern accent. Like, you're the no, only no. one. So, no, like... but they are all doing an accent. But they're, like... Except ran, for like, <laughs> No. Yeah. Joseph doesn't really. He's just no. the jo- white Joseph guy doesn't. in the middle of Will Israel. Ryan, but like, just, no, Will he sounds Ryan... like a full-grown man, not a yes. 17-year-old boy. That would be uh, my comment. Uh, no, I thought he sounded Joseph... like a six-year-old girl. Yeah, I was I, That say, was my jo- complaint. Joseph is 17 at this point. He should be basically a full-blown man, and he sounds like a in child. The, in this day and age, 
he's life expectancy. Basically, I mean, he's he's, he's well, crossed the hill. Not not no not, not life expectancy. Not right but now. No, no, not right based now. on responsibilities. Yeah. But also, uh, Will Ryan as Judah does sound Irish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I which, I have some serious questions is... on the to the director of what, why the voices like if if you're going to make one of them just a normal North American English speaking right. person that's great I completely understand you don't have Middle Eastern people you don't have people who have that accent. Obviously, very few people speak Hebrew as their normal language, so having the Hebrew accent on English is going to be hard to come by. Right. Or Egyptian. Also (laughs) difficult. So just make them all speak English. We get it. It's it's storytelling. Well, and not only that, but right, it is not, it's not an imagination station trip where they are being transported back to that time. This is Bernard telling a child a story. Mm-hmm. Sure, and if and I never know... there was a time where I could spend my disbelief of accents. This is it. Yeah, it's yeah. when a window washer is relaying a Bible story to a child. And I will say, based on the Bernard and Job episode, it sounds like they're trying to make it like it's a flashback to right. the actual no, Bible, no, no, story, I, which I, I get. I love it, and like and it, so it works well. Yeah, but and so I understand why you may want to try and have that, but if you can't do it well, I, honestly. I wouldn't have cared at all if this was just a bunch of English-speaking people speaking yep. North American English. I don't really care. Like, I get it. You, yeah. you can't do that. Uh-huh. Cool. But no, <laughs> they were just like, hey, everybody, like, just make a choice. And it's just random. Well, or, like, and- even make them all do the same one. Like, if right. you want to say, like, this is from a different culture, so they're all going to do the same accent, and then the Egyptian people will have a different accent. Sure. Yeah. Well, but, and, like... Yeah. And something, something we've learned from covering especially like kind of the first like five years of odyssey the direction for the voice actors is minimal mm-hmm. to the point where like and it happens in this episode so again we're like different actors pronounce the same thing different ways yeah and it's like it's just a yeah it's just a like in my opinion it's just the show's immaturity at this point they're also they're cranking out a new episode every week mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. era of odyssey which is complete insanity and i don't know how they did that for like yeah. years but that all that stuff kind of builds to where like yeah it's not they're a little bit more like amateurish and people kind of like the voice actors kind of do their own thing mm-hmm. when we're talking about this era Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's worth taking into account, but it is weird and frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, especially yeah. when it comes to these accents. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, just don't. And part of it too, I'm like, how Smith is just like trying to do a voice that makes it not sound like he's wit, which I get. Get, yeah. But <laughs> also, um, it's not, he sounds, he way. sounds so it, and one of my things is Joseph sounds like a complete pushover yeah. in these oh, in these flashbacks. I, Joseph is oh he's he is, he's basically worthless. Like he's, he's not so naive. Yeah, that it like makes me insane. Well, that's the thing. So when you talk about like the point of this episode being the providence of God, the providence of God, like um, I think that there is like. The way that they went about showing that was by making Joseph look like an idiot. 
and just being like, well, all these terrible things happened to Joseph that he totally couldn't have seen coming because he was completely subjected to it because he's completely, like, he's essentially just a walking sheep. Like, he, he's so dumb, he doesn't know anything. Like, mm-hmm. stuff just happens to him. And, like, bad people hurt him, but God always makes whatever he does go well. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, that's how they choose to tell this story, where I'm like, ah! Yeah, I mean, you know, God, that's true. God does, like, God does choose to bless him, but I feel like that is shown better by, like, kind of making Joseph a more respectable person and, like, giving him more complex emotions and intelligence and stuff rather than this, which is just him being like, oh, how could this ever become a problem? (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. It's a problem. What? My parents don't like me telling them about a dream where they bow down to me Whoa, well no way. that's weird yeah I, my, my parents my, my brothers think i'm my dad's favorite because he gave me a coat that doesn't make any sense yeah and i feel like, like and, yeah. and as i was so i read through this passage a handful of times and like joseph is not like some just pushover and i think the sovereignty of god is completely lost in this because one Bernard mentions God like one time, mm-hmm. and it's saying that Joseph was a prophet, which right. I have notes Joseph on. Joseph was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's Jonah. Yeah, I know. Jonah okay. <laughs> yeah. This episode for uh, Veggie Tales was the Ballad of Little Joe. It's true. It's true. Um, one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Which is Veggie Tales doing this whole story in thirty minutes, as mm-hmm. it should be. Anyway, Joseph being a prophet. Have notes on that, but. Also, like, the... What was I saying? He mentions God once, saying that he was a prophet of God. And then Joseph mentions it one time when he's in slavery to Potiphar. Because... Or Potiphar. I, the English translation is not going to be right anyway. Um, yeah. So so they didn't make a choice. They made both oh, choices. Yeah. So they mentioned it one... T- he mentions it one time there where Joseph is like, no, it's not me. It's God. And Potiphar's like, whatever. I don't care. And then makes him the head of the house. Like, that, you push the God part so far to the side that if the point of sovereignty of God is this episode, then you better make God's sovereignty super clear. Because instead, listening to it three or four times, all I got out of this is... Potiphar's so horny. (laughs) That's what I got out of this. Really? Potiphar's wife? Potiphar's wife, sorry. Yeah, okay. That's what I meant to say. So, I mean, there's that. But all I got out of this is like, all right, well, you have it better than Joseph, so it's fine. Like, that's... The whole sovereignty of God piece feels so minimized that I don't even think it meets what the Bible has. No, <laughs> when no, talking not about at all. the sovereignty of God. Well, and especially because I love the story of Joseph. Like the story of Joseph is one that like has been integral in like my life as far as like how I like I reference it a lot as far as like how I perceive um, you know like bad things happening, good things happening, um, forgiveness, reconciliation, things like that. Like I think sure. that. Joseph is, like, one of those um, messianic figures where he's somebody that doesn't really, is not shown to do anything explicitly wrong in the Bible, right? Like, they, there's no, you know, David and Bathsheba chapter for Joseph. Yeah. Um, and so it's, like, it's always something that, like, especially as far as Old Testament stere- uh, narratives and Old Testament characters, like, I really, really love Joseph. And so to kind of see this be... I get it. It's it's told it's told for children, and I think that what it does for children is really good. But I think that probably because it's a Joseph episode, and because it's you know something that 
I've care a lot about and like know a little bit about you know as a grown-up like it definitely doesn't quite hold as much water as i would say other odyssey does yeah i i i struggle i mean i yeah i'm just gonna repeat myself we should move on um yeah so what i mean at this point we're getting just kind of the the setup Mm -hmm. joseph's brothers hate joseph he got a coat he got a coat one of the brothers is Irish, inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, I, I, I should, I should, we should point out that only one brother, Simeon, hates Joseph. The other brothers just don't love Joseph. Yes, yes. And uh, the whole, yeah, the dynamic of the brothers was odd. The dynamic of Joseph and everyone I found in this one was really, like, I struggled with it. So, like, first off, let's just hit the biblical background part that he tried to lay out. So he said he was in Canaan. That's great. That's basically just a small piece of Israel, um, a little bit off the Jordan River, uh, like kind of right above where Jerusalem is, for context for anyone who cares. Um, and then he talks a lot about sheep, uh, which is important. You know, as we talked about in the Job episode, like sheep was currency. That's mm-hmm. how you had wealth. Um, they don't say in the Bible that they lost sheep when Joseph brought back the bad report of his brothers you know reuben and simeon were like oh well you know he gave us a bad report and reuben's like well yeah because we were you know sitting around and we lost some sheep because of it like that's not really mentioned possibly but eh. but is the whole bad report thing mentioned yeah the bad report is mentioned yeah so in verse 2 of 37 uh when he was 17 years old he was shepherding the flock with his brothers and joseph brought a bad report to them of them to their father but it doesn't mention, like, we lost sheep or anything. So it mm. yeah. yeah, it sounds like an added thing to help kind of push the emphasis of that, which is fine. I, you know, it's possible that they lost sheep. Um, but the, like, sheep are super valuable. That's where their income comes from. So the fact that, you know, these other brothers were watching the sheep, you know, it's not like Joseph or Jacob hated them, mm-hmm. you know, as it kind of is portrayed in this a little. Like, it sounds like... <laughs> Jacob just doesn't like these other brothers at all. Like, right. well, he clearly, at least at the bare minimum, trusts them to take care of his entire wealth. You know? So, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. He, right. He may be favorited. Like, he might have Joseph as his favorite, which is fair. You know, whatever. Uh, but it's not like this is... You know, Joseph is here and everyone else is, like, hated. Like, I will note one other thing is kind of set up... Um, you know they don't talk about this a lot in this episode they mention it one time in the second episode um Mm -hmm. but the reason that joseph is the favorite is not just because joseph was decided to be the favorite it's because jacob had two wives leah and rachel Uh, leah had 10 of the brothers uh rachel had two uh and the oldest of which was jacob the younger is benjamin i mean Uh, joseph sorry yes joseph and benjamin Mm -hmm. jacob joseph so many names i'm just start calling jacob israel whatever (laughs) um but so there were two sons joseph and benjamin that were the two sons of uh rachel which were younger than all of the sons of leah so the the reason that joseph was favorited was because he's the son the oldest son of his favorite wife Um, nice yeah so a, a little bit of context as to why he's the favorite as opposed to just i didn't know that he's the favorite one that's good to know yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So and and honestly, like, so this story does then follow like the the biblical narrative pretty well. The 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 next bit we have is is already then interrupting to be like yeah, because because they're the two brother the brothers are talking about the dream thing and about yeah. hating each other or hating Joseph because of the whole thing with the dreams and and Artie's like hey wait what was this about dreams and Bernard's like oh did I forget to tell you that part <laughs> like, like way to go Bernard yeah <laughs> but I just you left out I, most the most important part of the story I like is... I like the fact that it is pulling out to these like from the story Mm -hmm. to these little interactions and it's not just like we watch the whole story unfold yeah and like the non-linear thing of it and whatnot like like i think i think it's all kind of fun it's got kind of that like princess bride kind of feel exactly you know grandpa telling his kid a story well and it lets Um, it lets bernard do what his character wants to do which is like you know be a storyteller and then a part of like especially over an audio medium is like you can't see the story being told you can only hear it so mm-hmm. like you have to do those little audio reminders to kind yep. of switch things back yeah i will say um the he he does a little jump back and i like it i think that's narratively interesting the way the biblical story goes you know mentions joseph the bad report great then he gets the robe which they also mention in the story mm-hmm. um so that's great uh i in the Bible, it doesn't say there's multiple colors or anything. It just says a robe with long sleeves. So, Mandela effect for everyone who grew up a Christian <laughs> thinks it's a multicolored coat. It's just yeah. a coat with long sleeves. That's all. We, really? will, we will all blame the musical for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, um, then it goes to the dreams with him and his uh, dad. And then it, it... Well, him and his brothers and then his dad. Right. And then uh, a little note at the end of that. But then it goes to him being sent uh, to the brothers and then the whole yeah. situation. But I will say, when he sends him, Joseph, like, kind of complains. Yeah, he's like, a little hesitation. Well, because he's hesitant because he knows that, like, the last time he did it, his brother brothers hated him because he got in trouble with his brothers. Essentially. Yeah. Because he got them in trouble. And then <laughs> this this little exchange with, with Bernard and Artie where, he, where Bernard tells like tells Artie about the dream thing and he's like oh his brothers must have hated him like yeah. and then and then Bernard's like yeah well he wasn't that he wasn't that he he wasn't that much on discretion yeah um which I thought was really funny yeah. but then but then we have this struggle where I can't tell if Artie is relating to Joseph or the brothers mm-hmm. and I don't know what the analog is supposed to be for him because he flips back and forth of just being like, oh, yeah, they would hate that. Oh, yeah, they're horrible to Joe. Like, like, like he's he's sympathetic to both sides mm-hmm. in a way that, like, maybe is more realistic, but is really hard to follow narratively. Yeah. yeah. And just further drives home the point of, like, I don't know what the point is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially of this episode, for sure. Like, you can definitely, you can read the story and get the point. And then you can listen to this episode and get something completely different. Yeah. I, I Joseph think, was stupid, but God kept him safe, essentially. Yeah. Artie's, Artie's kind of dynamic and evolving shift of what he actually thinks. Yeah, He's I an all-powerful being. Yeah, is, is for me, again, kind of like what Dylan was saying, so confusing. Because like he's, 
he's so sympathetic to the brothers at the beginning, and then as soon as the brothers go bad, he immediately flips to Joseph. So it feels like he, he's kind of like relating to whoever the, his perceived victim is, mm-hmm. which right. is a very relative thing. And it's a very dangerous game to play as far as trying to find a moral by always just playing the victim. Which Let me tell you about identity issues with victimhood and children. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that absolutely seems to be his kind of perspective going in. Um No, yeah, and and obviously like we don't know what's going on. Like we don't really know anything about Artie. We don't know if his family dynamic, he's more like Joseph or if he's more like the other brothers. Um, but he doesn't have it as bad as Joseph, and yeah, that's, that's what very really important. matters. You know, that's yeah. that's what we really like. We're focusing on this family, you know. Yeah. yeah, I. And then when they when they do pop out to Bernard and Artie at that time the, about the dreams, um, he he mentions that Joseph is a prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, just ooh. gonna just gonna squash that real quick. Joseph is not a prophet. Nope. There is nowhere in the Bible that calls him a prophet never written as a prophet yeah uh he that's why it caught me so off guard because i was like what yeah he could be perceived as a patriarch maybe he's past jacob's really abraham isaac and jacob are the traditional patriarchs but he's in that time yeah, period. Job was a patriarch joe okay joe was before he was with abraham timeline i know I'm you just, could yeah I, I, it's a call back to the, the yes the previous episode uh, he's in jacob is that is the, the line bernard says in that episode yeah he says job was a patriarch and Not then just really. like goes into the story yeah he's kind of, he's in that time period and and J- joseph is too so you can make the argument that he's a patriarch but he's not a prophet not all people who have dreams are considered prophets in the bible and specifically the bible doesn't but the quran does call him a prophet so maybe be careful about that <laughs> maybe um yeah it's just that's not when people Let's make not go assigning yeah. labels odyssey. people people make claim not just odyssey this is not just odyssey when people make claims about you know who people are and their role um i i find that it's important to be very sure that that is the role that you're assigning them before you give it to them because prophet is something very distinct i mean we have tons of books on the prophets in the old testament and joseph is clearly not one of them uh and there are prophets in earlier books but they're labeled as prophets and joseph is clearly not um and it's it's not as though we have like we have other people who have dreams and are prophets and are not prophets prophets, though more importantly like Mm -hmm. there are like sure, prophets in the in the Old Testament have dreams. Also, regular people have dreams. Yeah, I mean, was Daniel a prophet? No. Yeah, Daniel was a prophet. Okay, he has, he had the ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but like, I mean, Abraham had tons of dreams and yeah. conversations with God and seeings of the, like the entire Abrahamic covenant is a prophecy. Abraham was not a prophet; he's a patriarch, and there's a difference. And so, you know what it's worth of those of you who care what labels mean joseph is not a prophet he just had dreams um and his dreams looking to stop uh i i feel like the story gave the dreams their their fair due except for the father's reaction so his father did rebuke him you know what Mm -hmm. the bible has it in verse 10 of chapter 37 what is this dream you have dreamed will i and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the ground before you 
but then verse 11 is where I think Odyssey kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there's, there's more to the father's reaction than what Odyssey portrays. And I think that's like that little, the father kept the matter in mind. I think that's really important and really telling of Jacob and the experiences he's had and his understanding of spirituality mm-hmm. and kind of that maturity that he has that paints him as the authority figure whose namesake is the country that comes of all of this, Israel. Well, and then um, still, yeah, and, and recognizing it, even though, like, mm-hmm. I would say that that's more indicative of his character of being like, okay, so my son said something that's probably, well, it's definitely very upsetting to me, but I do recognize the fingerprints of God somewhere there, and, like, what, I mean, it's it's going on file. Like, yeah. <laughs> Joseph said this thing, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something that I'm gonna keep in mind. And I think that's part of the sovereignty that mm-hmm. gets missed in this. Like, mm-hmm. Jacob is aware of God at work, and Odyssey doesn't even mention it. And so that that whole piece of God's sovereignty, you could have started sowing that seed here mm-hmm. um, yeah. with the dreams and, and his father's response to it, uh, and not making Jacob such a little wuss about it. Like... Mm-hmm. Jacob's response is, or Joseph's response is, oh, no, it's not what I meant. It's just a dream. No, yep. he's not that dumb. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he he clearly knew what he was talking about and shared it with his, his family. And uh, that's, that's an important part of this story that right. I felt was kind of just glossed over. Well, and it's, I think it's indicative then, of course, of, like, the greater narrative and like i think one of the reasons that um joseph is considered a messianic figure is because like so he was prophesied to do well to do great things and then he was responded by punishment right so he had these i mean maybe not prophecies but dreams he had dreams i mean they would be prophecies he just wasn't necessarily a prophet prophet. um i I can't stop (laughs) no but he's like i think that it's very indicative of the character of Joseph that, like, they're mad at him because he's going to be better than they are, even though he loves them a lot and he his benefit stands to benefit everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. Uh, his benefit... Well, they don't, they don't, I don't understand know. that. Yeah. And it's not clear in his dreams that by them bowing down to him, he'll benefit all of them that's not his dream is just they will bow down so like but like say i had a dream that say my brother was going to win like three million dollars well that's not what his dream is no it's not but say (laughs) i say i'm just saying for for sure if you have a dream that your brother wins three million dollars yeah like i feel like my response would be like well one i'm a little jealous because i want three million dollars but two like i'm really happy for you because this is completely different. What, Let's say you have a dream where everyone bows down to your brother. That's different. And I bow down to him? Yes. That's it's... what I'm saying. See, it's not It's not that Joseph is going to do great things. That's not what his dream is, necessarily. No. All his dream really is saying is, all of my brothers and my mom and my dad will bow down to me. That's it. He's not saying, I'm going to become Potiphar's right-hand man and everyone's mm-hmm. going to bow to me. All his dream is saying is, y'all are going to bow. 
it might be in Canaan. Y'all might just lose your sheep and bow to me because I have three sheep left. Like, yeah, it could just be that you know he beats them into submission and they all have to bow. That's all the dream, re- <laughs> for real. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no context as to why they're bowing, which is the context given later, which is why the dreams make so much sense then. But th- there is no inherent. Everyone's going to benefit by bowing down to me. It's just they're going to bow, which is I think why everyone's so upset. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So, so yeah. So, as we kind of continue in the story, this is then the debate between all, well, between the three brothers who are voiced, Reuben, Mm -hmm. Simeon, and Judah, about, like, hey, we should kill Joseph, our brother, Mm -hmm. because he sucks, um, and he's so hoity-toity, and we just need to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, Reuben, the oldest, is is against this idea. But then, uh, then Judah explains that, uh, hey, Rube, if you do this, uh, if you don't do this, Joseph is going to get your birthright. Mm. And so then they're like, okay, well, we don't want to actually kill him. Let's just throw him into a well. To let him die. Right. By the elements. Right. I have a lot of issues with this <laughs> bit. Like, first off, their whole conversation is like two sentences in the mm-hmm. Bible, which I understand they have to extend it. But like the driving force of why Reuben actually agreed to do this in the story, not the Bible, in the Odyssey, is you're going to lose your birthright if you don't do something. Right. And so he kind of agrees to do it. And so he's made out as more of a villain character, whereas... In the Bible, it's like, and Reuben heard it uh, and delivered him from their hand and said, we must not take his life. And so he persuades them to just put him in the pit. But then right there, it already says, so that he might rescue them from their hand and return him to his father. So his plan the whole time is clearly explicit in the Bible to, I'm saving him and I'm going to come back and get him. Whereas Odyssey does that, but they don't, the way they communicate it does set Reuben up to be this malicious figure figure who's like oh no i gotta protect my own skin mm-hmm. and then but i just changes feel, his but mind i just feel weird morally about killing my brother yeah directly so we'll indirectly kill him and then oh i had a change of heart yeah whereas mm-hmm. in the bible one they don't mention his birthright at all and honestly joseph gets it anyway like so it doesn't matter um, yeah but if he had actually been if dead, he had actually killed him then he might have gotten it but that's not Honestly, it probably would have went to Benjamin. <laughs> but the the point still remains. Nothing about the birthright is mentioned anywhere in here. And so it feels like a weird... Yeah, like kind of like very... You could have still had dialogue that wasn't birthright related about this, where Reuben just you just expand on Reuben trying to convince them to just put them in the pit and saying that it's wrong that we kill him. But instead, it's just, no, we shouldn't. Yes, we should, or you'll lose your birthright. Blah, 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 blah. All right, well, we probably shouldn't kill him, kill him, so let's just throw him in a pit. How deep is this well? Not deep enough to kill him if you drop him in it. I guess so. I I didn't do research on how deep wells were, but it was deep enough that you, at some point, there would have been water there in the middle of the desert, but then it dried up. Right. So it's relatively deep. Like, it's not going to be, like, two feet or anything. No, no, I'm thinking, like, how roughed up is he... Like, how far do you think he fell? Like, 20 feet? 
I honestly pure don't speculation. Know. Oh, it, I know. I yeah, know. I I would say that it was probably far enough that you know it probably got some bruises. We hear yeah. him bounce for a little while in the episode, <laughs> okay? Because yeah. the episode has been super duper accurate. Well, with and, everything. and I would like to say that thing. So they throw him. So you know, Joseph comes. Joseph comes is so naive yeah. that I am just Gosh. mad at it's him. It's upsetting. Yeah. Of he's just being very like, oh shucks, what's wrong, brothers? Like, it's. Yeah, it's annoying. If we ever do, I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a Bernard episode, but the episode on, there, I've found a lot of parallels between this and the way Odyssey covers David. Oh, um, yeah. Which is a very similar thing of like, his dad, he's the youngest, and his dad sends him out to like, check up on his brothers out at the military camp and they're like it just it just reminded me of because that was i think one i had on cd and so i know the odyssey interpretation of that passage quite well and was like oh they're doing a very similar like the characters are being played quite similarly Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and and it may have been that they taunted him more who knows but in the bible like it was just and it happened that joseph came to his brothers they stripped joseph of his robe the the robe with long sleeves. Again, not colored, just long hey, sleeves. Hey, can you give me the robe? Uh, no, no why, why would I do that? Oh, just give us the robe. Like, it's like yeah, this weird back and forth. Where, I don't, and like, they planned he, he, this. And, and they then planned he like, the, like, it's not like it's a fight and they take it from him. They just kind of push him. <laughs> like, yeah. And, right. And then he tumbles down and, uh, and then, shoot, what's his, um, already interrupts to be like, did he die? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, yeah, kind of what I was saying. Like, they just kind of jumped him, and then they threw him in the pit. And that's Mm -hmm. all that the Bible says. And they do specify that the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So, Mm -hmm. there is that. But, like, it it doesn't... The Bible doesn't make it out to be quite a... Quite as much of a scene, I guess. but, like, you have to. I would would feel like it would be even more of a scene in the sense that I presume that they beat him within an inch of his life. I, I would imagine that they jumped him effectively. I don't think it was quite as much of a, like, back-and-forth conversation as it was made out to be. Please. And I'm not sure that it was quite as, like, don't push me. Like, I'm pretty sure it was, oh, shoot. <laughs> Please stop. Like, because they're stripping. They stripped him, not only of his robe, but of all, like, they, they took him down to the bare, like, they beat him and stripped him handily. A lot, like, Ten of them versus one of him. It was not some like, I'm gonna push you back and forth and just take your coat off and throw you in the, like. Yeah. yeah. I guess. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, there's a lot of stuff to criticize this episode for as far as like the points it's trying to make. Sure. But criticizing it for like expanding on a story and making it more dramatic in ways that. that like I don't think in any way undermine the story itself is where like this tends to this is just getting this gets like a little tedious where it's like sure, okay sure like of course but like if we were covering the ballad of little joe we wouldn't be be doing that because like that is so clearly an interpretation mm-hmm. well and i think that's that's kind of my struggle with this because the way that it's portrayed yes bernard is describing it and telling the story but the way that they're jumping back to it and have people portraying these characters and not just Bernard talking through these things that are happening, like, they're portraying it almost as scripture that Mm -hmm. Bernard is telling to 
uh, arty. I, I was thinking about it last night, where it's like effectively with the amount of paraphrasing they do. I get it. It's a, it's teaching and it's meant for young people. But I like I know focus on the family in the sense that like I know they're very intentional about what they say, and when they approach scripture in such a way that is like very clearly. I don't, I don't want to say self-serving because I don't think that that's the heart that they approached it with, sure. but I think it's something that is, like, I think that the amount of interpretation that they give to scripture without academic support of really any kind, I think is just disrespectful to to scripture in my eyes. Like, like I feel like, you know, I get it, it's for kids and that's, and that's important and, and, um, and it's valuable that we're telling these stories to children, but, like, listening back to it as an adult which is what this show is is like i hear it and i'm like wow there's so much theological stuff that's just written into the dialogue in the show because it's not just scripture it's a scripture story but it's not told by reading the bible it's told by having characters acted out with dialogue and with scenes and whatever with with stuff that's not actually there and i think that's the problem they're adding mm. theologically implicative ideas and yeah. concepts and statements again like you said not necessarily self-serving but like putting meaning into situations where there is none or removing some meaning from situations where i think there very clearly is mm-hmm. and 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 that comes down to you know your exegesis and people can pull different meanings out of a passage but i think there are some pretty clear relatively obvious you know themes that are through this story or or pieces of information that are given that that are very clear that are are muddied and yes the way that they mugged joseph is clearly not one and can become tedious if we do that for everything because obviously there will be artistic choices made Mm -hmm. but i think what makes me frustrated or what kind of like irks me about this whole all the two three bernard and job episodes i've listened to is that there are pieces that they they add like the firstborn piece or you know pieces that they leave out like the father keeping things in mind that have theological importance and significance that they're either adding or taking away presumably either willy-nilly or for the explicit purpose of something that they want to Put out, which, when you tell yeah. a story with the authority of saying it's from scripture, I think that you need to pay a lot of respect to how you say it. Yeah. If you make it clear that you're paraphrasing, if it's in discussion, if it's whatever, then like, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, I think that, and this is something that we encounter with Odyssey a lot, where it's this discrepancy of what is Odyssey, what is moral, like what is make sense within the universe of odyssey what makes sense in the eyes of focus on the family and then what does the scripture actually say and we have these three kind of revolving pieces that very rarely will all mesh together and this is an episode where i feel like we see what kind of happens when you take something with as much authority as you know the bible and then you try and make it line up with those other two pieces which is making it make sense within odyssey which is attaching it to a point that i would say this is not really a direct point like you can you can talk about you know like i'm you know, the story of joseph and and the you know spoiler alert go read it if you don't know it but like you know he comes to power and he's eventually reconciled with his family and so like that's important and stuff but 
I don't know that like Joseph coming from a big family is the point of the story, and I certainly that's certainly the point that's conveyed this episode, and like you 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 get that where it's like okay, so we want to tell the story of Joseph. How can we do that? Okay, so we have this other character, and he comes from a big family. We'll say, and it's like oh, okay, well that's a lot of theological implications. That's a lot of like how are we going to make this story relevant to kids is by kind of shoehorning it into something that isn't necessarily Being like oh we have a lot of people who are listening who are like conservative and homeschooled and probably have huge families not to stereotype yeah. um so uh there's a relatable re- there's yeah. a relatable connection for like kids to get into the bible and it's a great story and as much as we've talked about this episode like i did enjoy it in the ways that i enjoy odyssey i just like it the way that it interprets scripture is a little frustrating for me especially because it's a story that i like so much yeah and i think and i think the reason that i like talking about these bernard episodes is compared to some of the other odyssey episodes that i remember listening to which again is minimal so there might be other ones similar to this is that these bernard and episodes portray the scripture in a more like this is scripture kind of way as opposed to like just kind of telling a story from Mm -hmm. one of the other characters that's clearly just Mm -hmm. that character telling the story Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like, we're going to flashback to the story. This is the story. You know what I like mean? Talking like, like they're saying scripture. Yeah. yeah like it, it's, not. it's a clear cut that this is the scripture part and this is the story part. Right. There, there's essentially three different ways that Odyssey portrays the Bible directly. Indirectly through themes throughout the show. Sure, absolutely. And parallels. Yep. That's just normal. Of course. The three are imagination station in which characters go back and experience the events as though they were part of them Hmm. which is like that's really loaded in a bunch of different ways and if we ever want to talk about that (laughs) we can yeah we haven't done that which i feel like would be more interesting for the historical context and things like that so that that would be fun to do sometime maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll rope drew back into that or, or or find someone else who's biblically biblically knowledgeable um not that you would know anyone like no, that. With absolutely. Andrew not. at Bible College. Um, the other. What do you think? I know things. I know a little bit, but the other the other flavor is kids radio show, which is like a comedic retelling yeah. of the story with the characters of Odyssey playing roles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is like there's it's kind of that Veggie Tales thing sure. where it's like there's a clear. It's, it's clear that this is not actually the scripture. Right. It's clear that this is not actually the scripture and like it's characters who exist like playing a part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um kind of Monty sure. Python-esque. <laughs> and then Did my love for kids radio growing up make me more predisposed to start a podcast? Quite possibly. Interesting. Um, and then and I think your love for Odyssey made you more predisposed to start well, a podcast. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of Odyssey podcasts for that reason. Um but and then and then there's the and then there's the stuff that the Bernard and episodes in it and like the one that we covered mm-hmm. um, where Connie and Joanne are telling the story of Noah, which is just like characters from Odyssey tell a story of like tell a Bible story to another character, yeah. and those are the ones that are yeah the most direct interpretation of just like almost like they're pretending as though they're reading a bible story yeah mm-hmm. rather than being transformed for 
transferred into the story or doing a comedic retelling. Sure. This is like, hey, this is here's the, the thing. So like yeah. these ones are more loaded in that respect. Yeah. Speaking of loaded, um, we're well, we're about to get into Potiphar Potiphar, mm-hmm. um, but uh, before that, we have this stupid little scene of the and the brothers slave. the brothers right yeah. selling off the seeing the merchant while reuben is away mm-hmm. selling that off um and then and then the, them coming back to jacob and being like hey look here's joseph's coat or here's a coat covered in goat's blood is it joseph's coat father mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i, I that's a simian line and Oh, does it make my blood boil? <laughs> yeah, I. Yes, the 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 trading part was fine. When Reuben comes back, I feel like the story does a terrible job. Odyssey does a terrible job of portraying how Reuben felt. He's just kind of like, "Oh, guys, come on, what did you do?" <laughs> Whereas, like, in the Bible, he rips his clothes, which if you remember from Job, was like a Big really thing. symbolic, like important. important thing of like he is in anguish. You know, we should bring that back. Tearing clothes. Yeah, when you're when you're in anguish, just Just like ripping your shirt apart. Absolutely. You just walk around. Everyone knows that he's had a bad day because his shirt's just ripped open. Right. Like it's been that. That's something that's been claimed by like the buff movie star. But I think as Christians, we need to reclaim tearing of clothes. Tearing of clothes is a a big thing, and especially you'll see it all through the Old Testament. Christians to lead the charge. Absolutely. (laughs) You see it all through the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, some where someone is ripping their clothes out of anguish. And Chris Pratt's a believer. Being upset, I think he probably. I think think, he is. I think that sounds right. But either way, that's totally unrelated. He can lead the charge. Sure. He can bring back no, the tearing I, of clothes i want this to be the new kurt cameron movie saving shirt ripping mm, yeah. amen um regardless <laughs> uh rips his clothes and it's a big deal he's he's really upset and and he comes to them and is like you know guys like this was the boy's gone now what can i do um like He's he's clearly more upset than he is in the in the Odyssey thing, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, just it, in the Odyssey he's then like explains to them what he was going to do, which he doesn't say in the Bible he did. He very well may have, may not have, whatever. But like Odyssey feels like it's kind of like, well, you know, I changed my mind. I was gonna get him out. Whereas in the Bible it's like I was going to save him. You absolute fools like sold him into slavery now now what am i going to do mm. and he's like truly actually deeply upset uh and yeah his father's reaction was uh also lackluster um he says he's gonna go down to his grave and mourn in the bible it says he's going to hell or to the pit or something with a lot more hoopspa than just gonna go to the grave like he's He's essentially saying, I am dead. I'm mourning that bad. Uh, I have died with my son. Yeah. Like, literally, yep. life is entirely meaningless now that I'm, going I'm essentially to, dead. I'm going to light myself on fire and throw myself off a very tar- tall building in a way that's kind of comedic. Lord of the Rings? Yes. Sure. Hey! Yes. 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 My, okay. my son has died. I am Denifor. throwing myself off. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is. Sorry, that was a long walk, but I. Sorry, it's, it took I me feel, a moment to catch up. You know I what? Thought, if I you got in, the joke, if you got the Lord of the Rings joke, tweet at us. 
It's been a while since we've shouted out the Twitter. Sure. (laughs) Um, So yes, that that whole that whole situation I feel like lacked a sort of emotion and power that again could have made the God's sovereignty point even more poignant Mm -hmm. when things start to happen for Joseph. Whereas Mm -hmm. in this case, it's just kind of like, oh dang, he outie. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's very much, you're right. Like they, they mention it a lot. Like Bernard mentions it a lot that like God made things go well for Joseph. But if you haven't heard the story before, it's super underplayed and like you wouldn't have picked up on it. Yeah. Like it, it just kind of sounds like, oh, well, his favorite son's kind of gone. So I guess he's upset, but like cut to, Potiphar's house. Well, <laughs> cut, cut, cut out to Bernard setting the stage with being like, "Yeah, there's this dude named Potiphar, and mm-hmm. he is the chief executioner." And then he, and then um, Artie's like Potiphar, and Bernard's like, "Yeah, biblical names aren't my strong suit either." Just goes to show God has a sense of humor. No, no, I don't think that that um, was it. I mean, God, God can have a sense of like Isaac. Oh, yeah. Isaac was a great sense of humor name. <laughs> yeah. Potiphar, Potiphar, whatever. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Nimrod? So, Nim- well, Nimrod, there's no reason that Nimrod should be funny to anyone. Nimrod was baller. Yeah, and Nimrod, Nimrod was, should be... He was a G. He was a like... A great name. Yeah. If Nimrod didn't have the name connotation that has, Nimrod, I, I won't. Page won't let me. There's been jokes made. Um, But I would. Many. Um, Many. So... So there's there's that. Uh, this cut out with Bernard and Artie, I feel like kind of ruined the emotional ride I, I was going on. Like, yeah. I understand it's the that they only have thing to cut that's out. keeping me going is the fact that they keep cutting out I get the it. story. And I yeah. understand that they have to cut out to keep the, you know, he's telling the story to him part alive. But I feel like it's tedious. There's, there's a time to cut out, and there is a time where find a better time to cut <laughs> out. And I feel like... But this is, this is like the act break. Like, and, we finished one part of the story, we're going into another. And, and I get that, but... It's splitting... The, up. Way that, yeah. the way that they come out, and the things that Artie and Bernard say, like, kind of comical, mm-hmm. yes. I, think, I think are what I'm struggling. Like, if they kept going, and Artie was upset, and mm-hmm. Bernard had to, like, talk him through, and, you know, this happened next, like, okay, I yeah. understand. But the fact that, like, they come out with jokes, like, well, this is... He just got sold into slavery by his brothers. Like, this is a huge emotional thing. His dad's weeping, all that stuff. And you come out with a joke. Like, it just doesn't feel like the time to me, which I think kind of pulls me, at least, out of the story and all of that. Well, and I would say that, like, especially something that I've learned, like, as, you know, somebody who's in Bible college and, like, learning more about academically reading the Bible is, like, how you break up scripture is really important and really can influence um, what morals you get from it. So, mm-hmm. like, what you said at the beginning, like, not making this a two-part episode, yeah, I feel like that's, like, I don't think of the Joseph, the story of Joseph in two parts. I think of the story of Joseph as one collective whole. And maybe it's told across two episodes, and I get it, time constraints and things like that. But it, it it's yeah. frustrating in the sense that, like, yeah, when you break it up like that, when you kind of play God and you just dis- you decide what interjections to put in, like there's there's a I don't know there's like I and I don't I don't want to be mean and I I just try but like I think that there's some unintentional perhaps disrespect of scripture. Yeah, and I think and I think even where they broke it off 
tells you a lot about what they were trying to say. Because I do think, well, I do think Joseph is a one-part story. Like, Joseph is a story. Mm-hmm. I think that you could split it up in a way that could be perceived as beneficial, you know, that, or not even beneficial, but just that it's okay to break it off at this point. Right. But yeah. where they where they break off to go to Bernard, uh, I think their tone doesn't quite match the tone of the story, which mm-hmm. throws me off. Yeah. And then where they end this episode kind of... It doesn't well, quite match the tone of yeah. the story. We'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, we'll get there. The We're not there the yet. Either way, so, it goes to Potiphar's the, house. They skip right. a chapter in the Bible, but that's fine. Bernard <laughs> Bernard refers to him as Potiphar, and then we mm-hmm. cut to the story in which Joseph is calling him Potiphar, which is whatever. Um, we kind of hit on earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out Joseph's been placed in charge of the household. If mm-hmm. here Here's a gripe I have. It's, mm. it's probably... You guys are not going to agree with me, given the way this episode's gone so far. But um, they then, they're then setting up Potiphar's wife. And I was just like, if we are already taking liberties with scripture, can we just give her a name? Even a joke where Bernard's like, Potiphar's wife, she's not named. I'm just going to call her Jane or whatever. Yeah, that would like, have been like it's, just, it's so clunky <laughs> yeah. to constantly be like, Potiphar's and then wife. Potiphar's wife did this. I never realized it until like, literally last night that we never, do we know her name? Never? No. Nope. And so and so I'm like, of History all the places you could have taken a liberty, I think that this would have been like one that maybe would have worked. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. He goes on to set up. I didn't even notice that. My notes. I'm so says, used to calling her Potiphar's wife that I didn't even register that like there should be a name there. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, my ne- my note named. for this scene is that uh, success is sexy, even in Odyssey. <laughs> That's what I found. And so this, I I was when we got to this portion, I was like, how in the world <laughs> is a children's show going to handle this? Um, and. Uh, they handle it in a very Princess Bride way uh, yeah. of cutting out and um, and Artie saying, "Well, we you... forgot the we forgot the the cut that they did earlier because the cuts in the show have been actually pretty funny because when he fell down the well, they cut to Ber- Bernard's mop dropping into the bucket. Yeah. Oh, yes, I did. And they about do the a something again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that whole thing where like the whole time they're doing this, Bernard is washing the windows, yes. which I yeah. think is really funny. Um, but and, uh, and before we before we get to there, we have the part where Potiphar puts him in charge of the house. Okay. Yes. Which I think, talking about God's sovereignty, this is a place where this was kind of missed. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the Bible, it talks about Yahweh was with Joseph and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master observed that Yahweh was with him. And everything that was in his hand had to do with Yahweh and it made him successful. And Joseph found favor in his eyes and served him. Because Joseph ad- kind of says that, but, the, but you don't get the idea that Potiphar believes it. And Potiphar mm-hmm. just says, yeah, yeah, I don't really care. Right. You're in charge. Yeah. Yep. Well, you get the idea that, like, yeah, yeah, you're in charge. All I know is that you have God's blessing. And if I give you my stuff, you're going to make me have more stuff. And and I think, I think that this is a great time to continue Yahweh's sovereignty because this is showing that not only is Joseph under Yahweh's blessing, but that other people are noticing the blessing of Yahweh on yeah. Joseph. And that's why he's moving up. It's not just that he was successful, but also that Yahweh was with him and blessing everything that he did and made him successful. Mm-hmm. And yes, Joseph clearly has some sort of skills to pay the bills because he's doing something. <laughs> 
But also, it is the blessing of Yahweh. It's not just Joseph doing things and he gets promoted, which is kind of what it sounds like in the story. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. um, Question. So, I know that obviously, like, biblically, like, in the eyes of Yahweh, he shouldn't sleep with Potiphar. Like, I get that. Would it have been... Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife, sorry. Jane. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have slept with Potiphar either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) Would it have been normal, historically, for him to sleep with Potiphar's wife if he had, like, if he had given his entire estate to, to Joseph to manage, like, if it wasn't, if he wasn't, you know, a Israelite, would... Technically, he he's had, not an Israelite. Well, not an Israelite. If he didn't worship Yahweh. Yahweh, there you go. Would it have been like normal for him to have sex with that person? No, uh, he would be killed on the spot. But yeah, I feel like if, sleeping with an executioner's wife is probably well. Te- okay, so that's bad another thing. He's idea. not an executioner. He's just the captain of the guard. Yeah, not just. He is the captain of the guard and a, a court official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bernard really sets him up as an executioner. Yeah, he's not, but. I, he does. He would have the power to kill Joseph if mm-hmm. he found out. He, he, as a slave, even over everything in the house, even as like the number two, uh, Joseph makes a good point that everything is given to me except, except you. you. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not even if she wants him to sleep with him, her or not. That doesn't matter no, at this no. point in culture. Yeah. Not that you know you should sleep with anyone's wife, regardless. In any culture, hot take. Hot, hot take. The views of Drew Hubert do reflect that of the Wadfam Shock Pod. We are very pro uh, monogamy. Not cheating. Not cheating. Um, but Unless it's your own wife. Wait, Then what? you can sleep with your own wife. Yes, yes yeah. but that's monogamy, so that's cool. But, like, I think... What if you have two wives, a la Jacob? That's not... Is it biblical to have two wives? Let's go there. I'm so sorry. We can go there if you want, but I don't think that we we don't have have time. time. Um, Maybe another episode we can talk about biblical morality on the Wadfam Chalk podcast. No, that that sounds like an Andrew Sabo podcast episode. It could be an Andrew Sabo podcast episode. Um, we can do that. I'd be game. Uh, Just give me a list of things so I can. Yeah, prepare. Yeah, I'm gonna need to do that too. Yeah. Um. Huh. So okay, so, so let's go back. Uh, you shouldn't sleep with your master's wife, regardless of the situation. He's not doing it just because it's a sin. He's also doing it because if he did, it's a, just a bad idea. It should, he he could get slaughtered yeah. just on the spot, cut his head off, as we basically Done. see here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the context of the show, um, to quote Artie, you mean she wanted to play kissy face, right? Oh yeah. That's right. She was hitting on him. He wanted to play kissy face, right? And then no, gets, she wanted to play kissy face. And then he, it gets way more intense, too. It's so weird to have a seduction scene in, in Odyssey. <laughs> Especially where it's like, well, yeah, he put everything in charge of me except for you. And he's like, yeah, and I like a man that's in charge. And I'm like, well, ah! No, she's like, I plan to remedy that oh, here. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, almost yeah. worse. Yeah. And then Artie starts covering his ears. And his, Okay, these are his... Hmm, uh... Do I have to listen to the mushy stuff? Does she want to play kissy faces with him? And leave it to a girl to ruin a good thing. Uh-huh. That's that. There's my a great... genderizing note. Well, okay, to be fair, I mean, I feel like everyone when they're six is like, girls have the cooties. I mean, at least I was. I feel like that's no. pretty common. 
Okay. Anger's always been a ladies' man, but that, I know, that's and that's fair. And I've it's had friends thing. who were girls, but like, I think I I don't think that's necessarily a gender dig as much as that is a nine out of ten young right. boys are like girls have the cooties. Yeah, and or, this is also you know, girls versus boys. Yeah, I feel like even today that's not. Oh, I'm gonna be canceled, but I don't think that's like a politically incorrect thing to have a kid make a joke about. Yeah. Oh, girls gonna ruin stuff. I mean, oh no! I read a like, ju- I read one of my old journals from like third grade, and literally in there it says, "I will never understand women. I wish I had somebody I could talk to about such things." <laughs> this is from two thousand and eight, mind monster. you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like well, that's kind of funny and like, haha. I don't think that's a. Like, we yeah. should cancel Odyssey on no. this. No, no, no. no. Oh, there are so many better things to cancel Odyssey on. Exactly. Um, Such the as. rest of this episode. Yeah. Um, and uh. so... Um, yeah. And so, right. Then, we've got Potiphar's wife saying, like, these seductive lines. And my only note was just like, I so wish that we could hear Bernard saying these mm-hmm. lines rather than Anne Alt as yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Potiphar. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Also... The there there's two different times of her telling the story in the Bible. Um, there's the first time where she calls for the men of the house, which weren't there earlier, but then are there now. This is biblical, so I'm saying I'm not sure how this happens biblically. Probably a little bit of time passed, but she calls them and says, "Look, he brought a Hebrew man to mock us. He being Potiphar, uh, he came to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me, that I raised my voice and called out, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside." So that's the official story that she gives the other slaves. And then she, (laughs) this is such a great image. She put his garment beside her until his master came to the house. So I just imagine like her telling this to everyone and then just like going to her bed and just like having a seat and just throwing the garment down, just like waiting. waiting. (laughs) And then when he comes back. uh, I mean, Joseph's in charge of literally everything else. So she has nothing to do. So, yeah, well, he left, so. That's fair. Then she says to Potiphar, the Hebrew slave that you brought to us came to me to make fun of me. And then it happened that as I raised my voice and called out, he left his garment and fled outside. Like, she hasn't, I mean, she probably did mention it, but, like, the biblical line is, he came to make fun of me, which I feel like is, I mean, I guess, you know, he made fun of me by ruining my place as your wife and all all of that. Like, there's clearly... But still, it is... But it's just... Well, and the the Odyssey interpretation is that she tells Potiphar that that Joseph was trying to attack her. Yeah, which is also... It's not clear at all in these passages that Joseph was trying to attack her, from even what she was saying. She made it very clear that in the first one... He came to mock us and then lie with me. And then in the second one to Potter for alone, just that he came to mock us and make a mockery of me. Right. Um, so, but once again, you're trying to interpret, sure. interpret this for Absolutely. kids. And, I, and, and that makes sense. And that's fine. And you don't necessarily okay. want. And the point is that she is lying, she's lying. That's... and disgracing Joseph's sure. honor as a result. And that's, and that's really the big idea. And so while... I do. Yeah, nope, I'm I, fine I with couldn't, this. I can remember the big idea jingle, but you did say big idea. I did say big idea, so and while I don't necessarily agree with, you know, well, I don't, I, I don't have a huge problem with them just saying attacked. It's not necessarily the biblical meaning, but right. for a bunch of young kids, I get it. You General, don't necessarily want to talk to them about rape uh, when they're that young, and so I mean, I'm good with using this and then letting parents 
decide whether or not to yeah elaborate. drop the R and word. so joseph gets thrown into <clears throat> prison um mm-hmm. and uh Artie goes girls they get you every time amen brother um love it and then we have this weird thing that's rare for odyssey two parters wherein like it's not just that like the episode ends and they pick up and they're going to pick up next episode where they left off. Bernard's like, Oh, I'm done with my job. I'm leaving now, Artie. Um, uh, next time I'm around, I'll finish the story or you could read it yourself in the meantime. Yeah. And then also, uh, Bernard's like, so what do you think, Artie? Is it, is living oh with a big oh family gosh, so oh bad? Oh my gosh. And Artie's like, no, I guess not. I wish I didn't have to share our toothbrush, though. And then the episode ends. Yeah. Before even that, before that, totally skip over the fact that he was in jail. Uh, Oh, yeah. Odyssey does mention it. They say he was in jail, and they say that he was brought up. Again, didn't really talk about God at all, but that's another great point that while he was in there, you know... He becomes he he because, starts running the show in the prison as well. Did they they mention that? And he becomes second in yeah. command to the prisoner. Or prison and it says in twenty three the chief of the prison did not worry about anything in his hands since Yahweh was with him. Again, clear that he recognized that and whatever he did, Yahweh made it successful. So I just again the whole point of the episode, you're kind of cutting out of the episode because Bernard goes over this like boom, yeah. it's done. Like he. It's almost like he kind of got bored. Yeah. And so he's like, I guess as he's finishing his last window, he recognizes what's going to happen. So he's like, uh, and then he, uh, he got into prison and then they made him in charge. And, you know, then (laughs) there was some dreams in there and we'll talk about that next time. And then like, that's it. Yep. And then the toothbrush bit, like, I I don't want to cast disparagement on anyone, but like, Bernard, you can get him a fifty cent toothbrush from the corner <laughs> shop. Like, They're not that expensive. No. If his family can't, you know, I understand big families. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices, and you have to choose what you're going to spend your money on, and that's fine. But and I, I won't disparage anyone for, for not Christians buying a toothbrush. To be charitable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you totally like him. Just saying, yeah, I don't blame you. That's not. You just told him yeah. this story from the Bible, so clearly you know what's up, but, like, yeah. not going to well, buy him but a... But more importantly, Artie no longer... Matt bo- is bothered by the fact that he's in a big, a big family, family because some person in the Bible had it so much worse no, than he did. No, because of God's sovereignty, Dylan. Clearly because of God's <laughs> sovereignty. No, absolutely. It's garbage. <laughs> this is a terrible moral of the story. So, I, I you know, if if we're, we've wrapped up the episode, we've covered everything that happens, uh, I, I had a thought, and, you know, feel free to cut this if you don't want to use it, but out, out of five stars, what would you give? What would you give this episode? Out of five. This is a oh. terrible exercise are, for Dylan. Like, what are we did. rating? Like, what's the what about, right, well, Like, is this based on biblical accuracy? Other, or are we rating on enjoyment. goodness of episode? Personal, personal, personal enjoyment? I don't know. Maybe like three and three. a half? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a, this is a solid three for me. I enjoyed it. It's got Bernard. It's got fun storytelling. It but it's got enough frustrating bits that right. I, it definitely isn't a four. It like works as an like episode of Odyssey. It doesn't work as a story of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'd it's probably... got a ninety-four percent on the wiki. Oh, of course, it out does. of twenty-seven votes, that's brutally high. I would have. I would... Well, but here's the thing: if you look at the statistics on the AIO wiki, 
like, like the don't... lowest episode is like 70 something maybe oh, okay yeah. so yeah that's fine and it's like 76 Still it's not even is low too high yeah. yeah i would probably give this like two and a half that's that's fifty percent. I feel like uh, I was half thinking group. like one and a half to two. That's fair. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan. I obviously There's room for I care more about the Bible story than the Odyssey portion. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's because I'm not huge into Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I think I think just because of the way that the mood shifted so violently, mm-hmm. I, I I struggled with that personally, uh, and so that kind of gave me whiplash and if that's something that odyssey normally does then obviously you guys would be much more attuned to that much more accustomed to it it wouldn't be quite as jarring for you um but for me i found that to be a difficult um space to navigate yeah and and so it caused me to to struggle with it and i also was bitter about some of the theological exactly points that they tried to make i would like to say that I, i would like to preface that i prepped for this uh at like 12 30 last night while i was making mac and cheese i don't know what that has to do with anything but cool thanks i appreciate the preface no i'm just saying that the what what i came at this episode with was whatever i had after working all day and having yes that's fair um yeah i think i think overall the the biggest things that i struggled with were the moral of the story and if what they were trying to push the moral to be was so clearly not mm-hmm. what yep. i or really anyone i feel like got out of this no no nobody reads this story as the the story of a, a guy with a bunch of siblings yeah yeah so and how bad it is to be part of a big family yeah so i i struggled with that and then the the way that they and like the the choice of ending uh, here specifically, I I really struggled with. Yeah, it's keeping you coming back for more. Sure, but the like, if you want to make any sort of point with this story, this is not the spot to do it. Like, I think so. I, would, I I think the point, if I if I had to guess, is that this is this is Joseph at his lowest. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like you could if. The other breaking point is him being sold into slavery, but just for pacing reasons, they were like, "Okay, well, we could put on a we 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 need to split this with another chapter, so let's get him to another point of being low, so that the next episode can be him raising up out of that." I just well, feel like if that Odyssey's kind of a really good format for vinyl in that sense. <laughs> I would, I would honestly rather they put it before he started raising in the jail like where he's actually at his low because at this point oh, they've already started the that's upswing, true which is they do weird. say that like he's he's placed above all yeah. else in and the prison then no, they mentioned the dream part so that's, that's fair so that's do they mention the dream part yeah he he a little bit he loosely. foreshadows that dreams are coming in the next one he ah, said that okay. this isn't the you know there's going dreams to be more of this out. and he says it like right at the end here. Uh, yeah. okay. so there's that yeah. which like i don't feel like i feel like if they ended with him at his real real low in the jail cell then it's like okay you know, then Bernard can say, well, you know, this isn't the end of the story. You know, there's more to come next time. Or if they ended with him as, like, head of Potiphar's household, and then, like, you know, then the next one comes with him dropping into the jail. and coming. I really feel like the best spot would be with him at his worst in the jail. Mm-hmm. And then they start with yeah. coming back. Yeah, but, they, 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 they may be swung a little bit yeah. too far. I, I and, and that... That's a kid show. Kind of sure, sure, but I, I think that that 
gives it a weird energy to me because I feel it like they started energy. They started like, oh, but he's he's coming back up, and we're done. Like, as opposed to, man, this really sucks. But don't worry, there's more. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like they started it's something but didn't finish place. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. To further hammer home what Odyssey wants you to take away from this episode in the meta text that is not there at all in the episode, the discussion questions are: Why did God bless Joseph so abundantly? Which isn't mentioned. And name all. some ways Joseph pleased God. <laughs> so okay so trying to think of like actually like biblical answers to these questions yep that's what i want from you drew that's why you're here why did he get blessed uh i mean he i was guess honest in the face of re- negative repercussions i don't even think that's the reason i think no. because god had a plan for him to lead yeah uh to lead and to, and to have reconciliation with his brothers and and also you know Joseph honored him, but I don't. We I don't know a think lot there's about a Joseph's good story. We just don't know a whole lot about like what he is a person. Yeah, they does. don't really talk about his spiritual life or anything connection like, with yeah. God very much, other than Yahweh blesses him, uh, and he you know doesn't want to sleep with Potiphar's wife because that's a sin. Like, mm-hmm. it just says that. I mean, that probably pleased God. Well, sure, but I don't think that's the reason. That... In my head, Potiphar's wife is really attractive. Probably, I mean, she's married to. A super a wealthy fish. person, yeah, so, and she's Egyptian. Yeah, let's keep yeah. that in mind. Well, I don't know. So, like Gal Gadot stuff. Been, okay, sure. Um, I feel like, I feel like the reason that he's blessed isn't clearly, like it's not super clear. One in this episode, there's no way that you would, because you don't have the end of the story. That's where everything kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. So there's no way you can answer that based on what you're listening to an audit. You would just have to say, I guess because god liked him like there was no clear answer maybe he was joseph jacob's favorite so we blessed him but that's getting into some dangerous theological territory there yeah and as far as what he did that pleased god i guess in the episode he didn't sleep with potiphar's wife congrats i and and i die from being thrown into a presumably 20 foot well at least sure I mean, he can't get out of it. Yeah, they had to hoist him out so it's deep enough that he can't just climb. Um, but they adopted the dock. Sure. I think I think <laughs> questions are just bad and that they can't even be answered with the episode. Yeah, that 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 is exactly the point. And maybe <laughs> maybe well, no, they're they're specifically episode 1 questions because episode 2 has its own questions. Well, they can't even be answered in part 2 just for the record. Darn, I was going to try and give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you can maybe answer the first one in part two, but definitely yeah. not the second one. Um, other things, as we're wrapping up here, I would just like to point out the, uh, looking now at the official guide, uh, this episode was loosely based on the 1987 feature film, The Princess Bride. Hey, that makes so sense. So that was yeah. actually intentional and not something I just put on it. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, yeah, I mean, we've said a lot, but any anything you guys need to get off your chest before we wrap up this episode? I am, my chest, completely empty. You, yeah, you... I just, with all of these episodes, the Bernard and Joe ones, when I say all of them, I mean the three I've listened to, I really struggle with how they portray these readings, reenactments, storytellings, whatever, as scripture mm-hmm. and miss pieces and i said that before but i think that's kind of my closing thought that's how i feel about this episode it's it's fine 
it's just I feel like they didn't do justice to the scripture and they didn't they didn't make it clear enough that this wasn't scripture and because of that I feel like there's some theological themes that people can perceive from this that can legitimately harm their well, and that's understanding the of yeah, theology. Yeah, when you when you think about the fact that this is a children's show in a certain way that gives you more more you know leeway to kind of um, paraphrase things, bring it down to somebody else's level, but you also need to be intentional about it and like understand that what you're saying has a lot of weight to it because i mean i listened to i listened to odyssey a lot as a kid and you know they have very very much an occult following like i would say that the reason that odyssey still exists is because they have a lot of people that listen very consistently um and like yeah it it i think that it's it's it, it can be a dangerous game to really go either way too far you know paraphrasing it too much or being so literal that like it's unapproachable for kids and i think that that's what makes shows like odyssey when they do it well super special and we even mentioned it with uh veggie tales you know um we both we all agree that i feel like they did a really good job telling the story and maybe had some strengths that this episode didn't have yeah and i just and I want to clarify that I don't feel like there can't be any storytelling put into a biblical story. No, that's not at great. All. That, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. No, there... I, I feel like you can tell a good story and even, you know, adjust wording and mm -hmm. add dialogue exactly. to make it approachable to children. But I think the important thing is the theological themes that you find in the story. At least the one that you're trying to hit on needs to be clearly portrayed in a, in a accurate way. And I think that's. That's what makes the VeggieTale episode very good. And this something that I'm struggling with, because in the VeggieTale episode, it's very clear what the theological theme is. And obviously, you know, it doesn't happen exactly as it is in the VeggieTale episode. There mm -hmm. aren't vegetables. You know, it's it's completely different. But it's it's clear in the sense that the that the moral themes that they're pulling from it, the theological concepts and key ideas, are biblical and are accurately portrayed in the sense that the same way that those themes were portrayed, they are also portrayed in the VeggieTales story. Mm -hmm. Even with the literal animation of vegetableization <laughs> of the story. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just... Um, and, it's, and it becomes very clear that this is a pair of, Like, this is a story that is based on the scripture that has themes that are identical to the scripture. Whereas this is... This is the biblical story, and I feel like they aren't as close to the themes as mm -hmm. something even like Veggie Tales. If yeah. that makes sense. No, I I Completely agree. Traffic, tra tra traffic, traffic, trafficking. Yeah, no, Perfect. none of that. This is this is the episode where Andrew can't speak. It's true. Um, Jambalaya. All right. So as we uh, as we head out, uh, Drew, is there anything you would like to plug to the Chalk Squad? Um, I mean, I have Twitter that I never use. Uh, at Andrew B. Huber 1. Um, I am on two episodes of the Andrew Acebo podcast. Hey. <laughs> um, one episode of the Wadfam Chalk Pod. One other episode yeah. of the Wadfam Chalk Pod, the Bernard and Job episode. Yeah. Are any of your any of your sermons available online? They are not. Nah. Um, right. If you, I guess, want to hear a sermon, I have copies of 
most, if not all of them. If you want to hear my sermons, you can, you know, tweet at me. Or if you want to talk about anything biblical, you can tweet at me. I'm very happy to uh, listen to any of that or, or talk to you or whatever. His DMs are open. Um, my DMs are open. This is a safe place. Safe this is place this is the safest place for my DMs. Um, so yeah, I mean, feel free to reach out and, um, yeah, I mean that's about all I got. I think. Cool. Yeah, well, you can tweet then, at me if you hate anything I said too. That's yeah, fine. I'll take yeah. the hate tweets. <laughs> um, great. And so uh, yeah, that 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 wraps this up. And in a turn oh. of events, that, oh sorry, I'm sorry. I have one more thing I want to plug. Buy the Wadfam Chalkpot merch. Venmo for animals is real. And <laughs> yeah. you should, should pick sheep. up that sweet, yeah. sweet merch. It's okay, true. that's all. It's a, it's a joke from the previous episode. It Absolutely. Is for, for it was, it was Drew's joke, important to clarify. Yeah, thank you. And, I'm uh, making you all money with my sick, yeah. sick I'm get it. making him get it money. On the and get it on, get it on a pillow. I have made not a dime from this show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, Dylan, as you were saying. No. All right, so uh, in a move that will surprise no one, we will be back in a week to talk about episode 131, Bernard and Joseph, part two, and Drew's going to join us for that. Hey! hey. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. Bye! Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. Bernard and Joseph Part 1 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, with special guest Drew Huber. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WadFamChalkPod. Pod.